I'm a guy on the radio, and I have a question for you. From bureaucracy's basement to your ears, is this the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau? The answer is obviously yes. If you're listening, you probably know what this is. But what is it? Well, it's the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau... You know, we make reports, file recommendations, try to survive and water the drips from the boiler pipes as we attempt to sleep on a bed of dot matrix printer paper. One day maybe we'll escape from this subterranean hell that is the sub-sub basement. But until then, the city's not going to improve itself. This meeting is now in session. Did I finish the intro? I think I finished the intro. Hello. Hello? You finished the intro. I finished the intro. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I took a different approach this time. Yeah. I I heard that the essence of, like, good radio was, yeah. like, asking the hard-hitting questions. Oh, really? So I don't really know what the hard-hitting questions are. So I thought if I just phrased everything as a question, somewhere along the line, I'd, I'd hit that mark. I thought the essence of good radio was a soundboard with fart noises. That's actually better, and and honks and honks and ahugas. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also Beyonce, Beyonce saying surfboard. She says surfboard in one song. Oh, does she? And I just think it's hilarious that you would have a soundboard. You could just have Beyonce going surfboard, surfboard. I didn't know that about. I, you know, I don't really listen to Beyonce very much. You I should. really should. Did you know uh-huh. that she released two singles or two tracks from her upcoming album, Renaissance Act Two, mm-hmm. uh, and Renaissance Act One was all house music uh, and her take on house music. This is country. Oh, really? Yeah. When did this come out? Uh, I think Super Bowl. The two tracks came out, and th- okay. apparently, the, uh, at least one of them. Uh, is overtaking the country charts because I think whatever Beyonce does, she simply, you know, gets in her Beyonce juggernaut or mm. Baynaut and uh, just, you know, rolls over everything else. That's great. That gives me hope. <laughs> hope that one day I may be run over by the Baynaut. Yes. <laughs> it just, would be my dream. Just stand around in the street long enough and it, it'll happen. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I, you know, I think I'm beneath her her attention, her notice. I think I think most of us are. Yeah. Uh, but her country music is um, kind of fun. Maybe she'll bring it to Craven. That would be. I would actually love to see that. I would go to Craven. I would go to Craven. Yeah. Yeah. Just to see Beyonce perform country, <laughs> like seriously, I would. I would not say no. How many heads in Saskatchewan would explode if Beyonce was booked for Craven? I think all the heads that exploded would be all the heads that I think we would want to explode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Get on this, Craven. <laughs> Get some heads exploding. Yeah. Yeah. People we don't we don't need to have around. Okay, we're advoc- we're advocating mass murder on on the show. Let's, well, let's not murder by Beyonce. Is Mur- it really murder? Right. It's, it's an act of mercy. It, it really is. You just they they get run over by the Baynot. They got yeah. they their heads exploded because of their vibrated by the bay waves. Yeah. Bay waves. Bay, yeah, bay waves. <laughs> of course. You, you know. Haven't you heard? Oh, there's a hard hitting question. Haven't you heard of the bay waves, Paul? I have not heard of the bay waves. Oh, here's a question. Mm-hmm. Why am I calling you Paul? When I haven't done attendance yet and you may not actually be Paul. You have not established anything. 
the, the reality of this audioscape has not been established yet. You're right. You're right. Okay. So let me, let's establish reality. Mm-hmm. Let's set some ontological ground rules okay. with attendance. Good. You are Paul. I am Paul. You're Paul Deshen. I am Paul Deshen. Cool. I, I didn't even mix up the letters this time. Um, I kind of have to... I'm, I knew my name earlier, but then I took a nap... Mm. And it's a little... Uh, Do you want a hint? Sure, sure. Starts with an Aiden. Oh, okay. Uh, Aidenberg. No. Oh. No, it's Aiden Morgan. That's oh, who you are. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it started with an Aiden and then it ended with an Aiden. Yeah. Okay, and there's a Morgan on... Yeah. Just sort of on the end of that. little yeah. vestigial limb. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, so... We have now collapsed the waveform. Cool. And we now know who we are. Cool. Schrodinger's radio show is on the air. Yeah. Or is it? Mostly. Mostly. It's mostly on the air. How you been? I've been good. I've been. As I said, the a lot of that stuff was a bit, but the me actually being falling asleep earlier and waking up and feeling a bit groggy still—that not a bit. Uh, That happens. Yeah. Well, um, I have got the agenda for today. Is is going to. Fill you up with verb and energy. Uh, verbs and verbs. energy. Yeah. Verbs. Yeah. And, and adverbs. doing words. Doing words. Action words. The most important part yeah. of uh, a balanced breakfast. Yeah. Yes. So there was a city council meeting last week, and it was a, a council meeting of substance. It was kind of, well, mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't a super long one. Not one of these like nine hour monster meetings that we've had. Right. But. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't horrible. Yeah, it was it was actually kind of nice. What what up with that? Well, things happened. Stuff got passed, and it wasn't it, they weren't they weren't things that were like actively uh, going to make stuff worse. <laughs> and alternately, they weren't just you know gestures towards good things. In the form of a plan that could sit on a shelf and then nothing would happen with them. Right. Right? So, you know, like a master plan that would get name dropped three times a year and then, and then two times the following year and then, one, and then we'd never hear from it again. That didn't right. happen. Amazing. Yeah. So what did happen, though, is the Housing Accelerator bylaw passed. So we talked about this the last time we got together, the motion uh, came forward and that passed and then the bylaw came to this most recent meeting because there has to be like a two week break between you know a motion instructing administration to make a bylaw and then the bylaw itself so in short what this bylaw did so it changed our zoning bylaw mm-hmm. we talked about this before it uh, will permit additional dwelling units per lot in low density uh, residential neighborhoods so you'll be able to build duplexes triplexes fourplexes as of right, as infill in any low-density neighborhood in this, the city. This city will be pounded by duplexes. That is the plan. And then uh, it increased the heights for, like, low-rise apartment buildings. They went from 11 meters mm-hmm. up to 13 meters. It's oh. now allowed under the zoning bylaw. That's like a whole extra floor. It is a whole extra floor. Yeah. So that is now law. And the third thing is they changed all parking requirements to parking guidelines. So parking bylaws, sorry, parking minimums are effectively erased across the city for 
everything. So there are no parking minimums for housing. There are no parking minimums for commercial or for institutional. You can build, and there is no requirement to build parking. Wow, that must have that must have turned the bay wave on for a lot of traffic engineers. You would think, and yet there was no nobody came out. There is like an opportunity when a bylaw comes forward. There is an opportunity for people to like speak their piece, and there have been a few occasions in the past where bylaws have been stopped. Usually, bylaws are just rubber stamped. Mm-hmm. They're read three times, and then they go through. And this one went through unanimously. Which is kind of crazy because a lot of this stuff is things, as we've talked about many, many times before, things that were actively fought against by certain councillors. That is a surprise. Yeah. 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 So it's good news. Uh, and so because these are zoning changes, these are, this isn't a plan, right? Like this isn't just like, you know, good vibes. Right. This is a law. And this means that if a developer comes forward in a neighborhood and wants to, like, build a duplex on a lot, the zoning bylaw says they are allowed to do that. They don't have to go through any kind of, like, community consultation, and they don't have to go to city council to get approval. It just happens. Wow. So the the glum delegates who come out and don't want, say, you know, mosques on on their block or in their neighborhood, they're... They just have to go there and protest, I guess. No. They will just have to go to protest. Just no more duplexes. Yeah. Duplexes lead to mosques, they'll say. Yeah. So, as you know, a lot of this was inspired by the Housing Accelerator Fund, federal government fund of $4 billion that's being portioned out directly to cities. Mm-hmm. And for which the city has been awarded $35.2 million. Whoa. Yeah. So because we were willing to pass this bylaw change, we got that money. So the cynical read that I have seen online is the only reason the council has gotten behind these bylaw changes. It's not because of good planning. It's not because they really care about housing. It's that they want that sweet money. That's it. That sweet dosh. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I put that question to the mayor. I snuck into a press conference. Really? And, and, yeah. the, and the mayor... the. So wait, the mayor talked to you? I, you know, I was wearing, uh, you know, those like novelty glasses uh-huh, with uh-huh. a big nose? Right. Yeah. Which is indistinguishable <laughs> from what I normally wear. So I was actually wearing like big glasses with a novelty giant nose over top of my big glasses <laughs> and giant French Canadian nose. So what did they say? Uh, I'll take a question from Extra Paul de Chen yes. in the back. Both of you, please. <laughs> So anyways, uh, yeah, so I asked her, I said, the cynical read is that you guys are just doing this for the money. How do you respond to that? Oh, you know, one thing worth noting is that um, the mayor, uh, one of the first things that she did as mayor is she got rid of infill development fees. So we had like just instituted a couple years earlier Mm -hmm. charges uh, to cover the cost of uh, servicing infill developments. And the mayor came in and said, if we want to build infill we shouldn't be charging developers for right. this. That's, that's the opposite of an incentive, yeah. as they say. So that was one of her first things. So it seemed to me that, you know, maybe it wasn't just a cynical ploy on the mayor's part anyways. Mm-hmm. So here is her response. I'm actually not concerned at all about anyone's motivation if I got unanimous approval on it, because, you know, you may not see anything this year, I hope, fingers crossed, But it's really about the next year and the next year and the next year where you change the face of the city, where you you see the transformation. You can look to to Larissa's point. You can look back in time and point and go, hey, this policy 
affected this, 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 and this. And so when we've got land in some of these really beautiful, well-treated, great located um, um, neighborhoods, duplexes are awesome. You know, fourplexes are fabulous. Six unit apartment blocks are the coolest thing. And they do blend and you can make them part of your neighborhood. Providing cover from a political perspective is important. And so when you when it's a bylaw and you've agreed on that policy, then, you know, the five phone calls angry about a fourplex going up. Look, this is the intention. The policy exists. It's not discretionary use. You actually, you just remove pressure from the situation and allow projects to proceed without, without, with predictability and consistency. All right. We're on 91.3 FM CJTR. Or the Queen City Improvement Bureau. And that was uh, Mayor Sandra Masters uh, talking about the motivations behind putting in these uh, bylaw changes. That, that, was, that was an intriguing mix of the aesthetic and the practical. In what in, sense? In her response. Well, she talked about, you know, that, you know, fourplexes are fabulous. I think she even alliterated. She did, said, yeah. That's pretty cool. I, I got to yeah. say, I like that. Um, so, but also just saying, you know, it's about, cons- you know, pract- practicability and consistency and just getting things done. Which is nice, and I, I and it's it's refreshing to hear that. But I also it also sounds like the, at least at the start of her answer sounded like she's interested in legacy, which mm. was kind of I always thought the point with the catalyst committee, yeah. the idea of like making a mark and leaving the city better than it was before, and crossing my fingers that perhaps. Master's idea of leaving a mark and you know making a mark and leaving the city better than 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 she left it is this <laughs> and not and not all the catalyst committee projects. Well, who knows? That's still that's still there, lurking in the distance. I think we can count that as foreshadowing Ooh. for everything that's going to come up in today's agenda. That's that's I, I'm I'm happy to have supplied a literary device. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought. <clears throat> Excuse me. I thought her comments were very interesting. I uh, that she was very blunt about mm-hmm. thinking that these uh, denser infills, this missing middle housing, is actually a good thing, yeah. and not not because so many times we've seen council cave when this kind of development came up and say, well, these aren't appropriate, or in this neighborhood, it's not a good idea, and this mayor has just passed it so they can be built everywhere, and she seems to uh, revel in the idea i also uh, i thought her comment about cover was interesting because i think that's one of one of the things that's happening here with this housing accelerator money is that when it comes time to you know face the public with this stuff counselors will be able to say our hands were tied if we wanted 35 million dollars we had to do it it's it's justin trudeau doing this Uh, not me uh justin trudeau Improving our city. Ah, yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think I think she's right, though. I think the fact that uh, all of this stuff has gone through and is now a thing and there's nothing that can be done about it and there's, there's people to blame and large amounts of money, you know, as a motivation. Uh, I think, yeah, it's, I think these, this is the only way this bylaw could have passed is if council was given this kind of political cover yeah. to do it. Um, but yeah, and I, I think that there have been councillors in the past, and the mayor 
presumably from what she said, who were notionally in favor of these kinds of changes and just weren't able to get them through. You'll note that there has been effectively no consultation on this. Uh, we've One of the other things we've seen is not only counselors like Brashani saying things like, oh, we can't do this because this is inappropriate for this neighborhood or, you know, the eastern suburbs are already too dense, is she's always been like, well, Regina residents don't know what's going on here. We need more consultation. We need more engagement. Right. And we're not getting so much of that this time. I mm. think, you know... If they were really that interested in engagement, there would have been more of an effort to sort of get people, you know, to create that feedback loop that would get people talking about this. There is currently, um, there's the expanding citywide housing options on Be Heard Regina. So this is a little bit different, slightly different from other Be Heard Regina things, uh, where this is basically just an info site about all of these housing accelerator things that are right. happening. You can send in questions, you can raise concerns directly with administration. But mostly what this site is doing is letting the public know that all of this stuff is happening. And so you, uh, if you want to like follow this, it's at beherd.regina.ca slash housing hyphen accelerator hyphen fund. And um, you can subscribe and they'll send you updates and stuff like that. Hmm. But yeah, there's no... There's no quiz. There's no. There's no photo contest. There's, there's no. We're, we're not asking what what the bird for the city should be. Yeah. They just they just want to let you know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. So that's interesting. That uh, I think councils realize that any consultation could go any which way and put this thirty five million dollars very much in jeopardy. <laughs> but speaking of putting it in jeopardy. Ooh. There is, a, there is a twist. There is a, a, a wrinkle, as it were, in all of this. In time? Sadly, no. In the oh. zoning bylaw. <laughs> oh, most boring Madeline Lengel children's book ever. Oh, my God. Because, a wrinkle in zoning bylaws. Yeah, because a wrinkle in time is just a freaking thrill fest. <laughs> Not a fan. Anyways, <laughs> Charles Wallace, I want to strangle that kid. That's a good, he's a good kid. What are you talking about? Oh, but he's just so perfect and clever and so yeah, erudite. I know and he's clever. He, he's a human MacGuffin. We, yeah, we yeah, all yeah. know. He's like the worst Wesley Crusher in oh, literature. Okay, you've. You know, I, I I I was gonna argue performatively, but I can't. That's because yeah. you're correct. Yeah, the comic's actually pretty good. The comic adaptation, I quite like. Oh, I've not read the comic adaptation. Anyways, so it turns out uh, neighborhood plans are going to be a problem. So most neighborhoods in the city, some of them we never got to, but most neighborhoods like Cathedral, uh, Heritage, uh, I don't know what other ones, they have neighborhood plans. And these neighborhood plans sort of lay out, they look at the zoning bylaw and they say, okay, this is how we're going to implement the zoning bylaw in this neighborhood. I didn't know this until last week, but in a situation where a neighborhood plan contradicts the zoning bylaw, the neighborhood plan supersedes the zoning bylaw. Really? Yeah. Okay. This, is, this is a problem. Because if you look at the <laughs> cathedral neighborhood plan, which was written in like 1982 or something <laughs> like that. And it's like it's been updated like a teensy bit, but mostly it's like an. This is from the. It's it's more roller rinks. <laughs> it was. It is written in Courier before any of us knew what Courier was. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 
That's how old it is. Just, wow. So it says that for any low-rise apartment building, they are lowering the height maximum from 13 meters down to 11 meters in cathedral. The zoning bylaw that we just changed, that we just passed, mm-hmm. raised 11 meters, which was the reduction that we got through the uh, zone forward from five years ago, mm-hmm. four years ago. Yep. They're raising it back up to 13. This height change for low-rise apartments will not apply, I think, in Cathedral because of this, uh, because the neighborhood plan from 1982 says, uh, yeah, you can't do that. Here's a bonus podcast-only clip from the mayor's press conference after the February 14th, 2024 council meeting. In this, Mayor Masters answers a question about how new housing-friendly bylaw changes will interact with old housing-unfriendly neighborhood plans. And I'm looking at things like the uh, Cathedral Neighborhood Plan, which specifically says uh, for, like, apartment buildings, they want the 13-meter height rolled back to 11 meters, but then today's bylaw says 11 meters up to 13 are, I guess what I'm wondering is, are neighborhood plans going to get into the way of implementing this bylaw going forward? Because I don't know how these things interact now. I think you may be on to something. How's that for an answer? <laughs> okay. And I'm pretty sure a motion of council could fix that. <laughs> but it, it, and that's kind of the point, is that when we layer on rule after rule, and we understand those build up over decades, um, but we stand behind the rules as well, we can't possibly do it because look at this rule. It's like, do we have authority to remove that rule? Yes. Well, let's have at it then. And so um, I, I think in the interim, um, and I, th- I think that's what I, what administration was highlighting to simply say, it's one thing to change the bylaw, but we do have to go do the work of changing the neighborhood plan. And so I think what they were asking for was a bit of grace to say, okay, we passed the bylaw, now we have to peel, but now we have to get into the neighborhood plans to make sure we've adjusted it as well. I think in fairness, that's what they were signaling. And so in the interim, even though you do have one bylaw, if that neighborhood plan gets in the way, it may have to come to council to, to wipe it out, but they had committed to doing that work to make sure everything was in alignment. Can't somebody go in with a little Sharpie and just change 11 to 13? Yeah, that's the hope. I so, mean, presumably it's in a basement somewhere in, like, the bottom of a cabinet. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah. You, you could use whiteout. In fact, if you oh, look at it, there is, like, whiteout uh, which, in the what photocopy. You do, what you do is actually just the uh, the old report card uh, amendment trick yeah. where you just, like, go to 11 and then you, like, just do a few little horizontal strokes. Voila, it's 13 now. This is why you get the big money and the improvement bureau. That's, that's right. That's right. That's you know all the tricks. The big money and the little Sharpie. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, I'm hoping that's what administration is up to right now because this bylaw change that just passed is phase one of this whole process, uh, this housing accelerator-inspired uh, bylaw change. Uh, phase two will include harmonizing area plans with the zoning bylaw. Okay. A report will be coming out in Q2. So that's like April to June, I think. Okay. Yeah. So somewhere between April and June, admin is going to have a report where they're basically going to like, they'll have their Sharpies and be making all those change in the area plans. Well, they, now they know what to do. I've already, I just, I just said it out loud. 
no, they won't even have to, like, figure it out. Yeah, and I, I hope they appreciate your help, and that might inspire <laughs> them to send at least one of us a paycheck. Yes. But I, the, the concern here for me is that this will be the moment that when, say, the people of Cathedral see their sacrosanct 80, 1982 neighborhood plan being meddled with, mm-hmm. that then they're going to show up at city council with their pitchforks. Uh, that they, you know, they got from Dutch growers, and <laughs> their tor- their torches, also from, from Dutch, Dutch growers, growers yes. and that they're going to like raise City Hall to the ground because they're not happy to have uh, these giant buildings and these duplexes in their neighborhood, and they will relocate City Hall to Dutch growers. Ooh, maybe they could put it on the old location of the old Dutch growers because that place needs something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it it needs. Municipal bureaucrats. Really does. Yes. Yeah. And then maybe they'll look at it and realize just how <clears throat> utterly inaccessible that stretch of street is and fix it up. We can, we can only hope. Yeah. Um, maybe the Hindu temple across the street would bring back Dosa Day. <gasps> oh, man. That's a delightful day. Delightful day. It's, it's, a day, it's, it's the day of my heart. That's <laughs> for sure. Anyway. wrap my heart in Dosa. <laughs> Anyways, dosa aside, <laughs> when these neighborhood plans come back, it could be a problem is all I'm saying. Right. So, but we'll see. Council has been very content to be extremely quiet about all of this stuff <clears throat> and have these things pass without like a whole bunch of fanfare. In fact, the $35 million that we got, did we talk, I can't remember if we talked about this. Sean Fraser, the housing minister, came to Regina and announced in Henry Baker Hall, that we were getting $35.2 million. Yes, novelty check. Yes, we got yes. the giant novelty check. Wow. Nobody, no press conferences about it, no mention of it, barely mentioned at this council meeting. So, yeah, I think that all this stuff just seems to be slipping by. And if it weren't for this Be Heard Regina site. Yes. And, and us. And, and, this, and this particular show. Yeah. Nobody would have known. Nobody. And here we are. Just talking about houses accelerating. Yes. Accelerating. Anyways, uh, so that's all. Anyways, this is exciting. This is good news. This is all hopefully going to lead to new houses being built, maybe even this year. Wow. Yeah, because we've got like $35 million check. We've got the first wave of biolaw changes. And hopefully the all, fa- all three phases, I do believe, are supposed to go through before the end of the year. Nice. Um, although, although as, as Mayor Masters said, you know, maybe, maybe you won't see much happening this year. But the next year. Yeah. I think, I think there is the concern they're going to miss this construction season. That's that's possible. I mean, we yeah. are getting towards the summer and things, jobs are booked up, etc. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Although this could be a really long summer. <laughs> we're, 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 entering, we're entering the eternal summer of, of yeah. climate change. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, phase three is expected uh, sometime before September, and that will be... Um, increasing permitted heights near main transit routes and revising the discretionary use process and a few other things. So, yeah, phase three towards the end of the year. So, yeah, that's the whole thing. We'll have everything kit and caboodle done. Nice. Yeah. Anyways, we should move on to innovative revenue tools. In, if you've... I've, I have no I'll argument for put you me. on the spot. Uh, just, I, I don't happen to have any innovative revenue tools uh. in my pocket, except my perennial one, of uh, using the housing accelerator program to uh, bet on houses accelerating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
the wide world of sports betting applied to houses going fast. Yeah, and now the house has $35.2 million to cover municipal bets. Like, I mean, whatever, yeah. like, people bet on things. We've got $35 million to cover that, so. Sweet. Yeah. I'll take those odds. Sweet. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, we should go to the, oh, no. Oh, Aiden. Oh, no. So complicated. So complicated. These, all these computers down here. Why, why can't why can't they why why can't they give us greater access to these innovative revenue tools? All right, I'm going to push them to go now. And we're back from innovative revenue tools. We are on the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Wow. That was speedy. Next next meeting, I'm so going to have a soundboard with farts and horns. Uh, and, and Beyonce. And, and Beyonce saying surfboard. Yeah. Let me tell you. I, it's a threat. It's a threat. Oh, no. Well, well, I mean, I'm looking forward to the surfboard bit, but the, the farts and horns, I'm not yeah. so sure about. But anyway, uh, I have a question for you, Paul. Ooh, ask away. Do you like to drive? I. You know what? I really, really, really don't. Can, can Sorry, you, am I ruining the bit? Yeah, you, 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 you was I supposed to yes and that you, one. You are really supposed to yes and that one. I can't. No, but driving sucks. Okay, well, perhaps it's because you're not driving the right thing. I am recovering yeah. from from you from you blocking the, our bit. Um, instead of driving a car, mm-hmm. why don't you get into a membership drive? Oh. Yeah. Does that use gas? Stinky, no. stinky gas. No, but it's cooking with gas. Is it? And that gas is purely metaphorical. <laughs> really, okay. car- really carbon neutral. Just Oh, yeah? No emissions? On, nope. Runs on metaphor. All right. Well, there are emissions, but it's just, you know, it's yeah. just my, my brain farts. Um <laughs> Anyway, uh, full of mental methane. Full of mental methane, friends. Uh, anyway, and it is the CJTR membership drive, mm-hmm. and it's on now until Saturday, March 9th. It says here March 9th. I think they mean 9th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so be a friend of Community Radio, Paul, or listener. Okay. Uh, by buying a new membership, which we already have, or renewing your current membership today, right now. Uh, as a member of CJTR, because you're probably wondering, why, why would I do that? Why would I renew or get one? Uh, you receive benefits like programmer bidding rights. Uh, you can bid on any of us, uh, and we have to come home with you. Apparently, this is weird. Um, anyway, you, you can join the board uh, you, of CJTR. There's exclusive giveaways. There's more. Uh, memberships start at only thirty bucks a year. Special two, three, and five year discounted rates uh, during the 2024 drive. Members will receive special discounts. I read it initially as dinosaurs, but it's not. special. I know. Dang. I know. That would have been really cool. Mm. Special dinosaurs. Uh, and at a variety of events running through the month-long drive, go to cgatr.ca to learn more about events happening throughout the membership drive and to purchase your membership online today. You can also call CJTR at 306-525-7274 to learn more and get your special dinosaurs today. Yeah. And hey, wow. one thing about that membership. So that thing about having your own show on CJTR. Mm-hmm. Can't stress enough how awesome that is. It's great. Yeah. Having shows? Having shows. How many do you have? 
I have three. <laughs> you have the trifecta of I shows. I know. I got, I got all the shows. Yeah. So, and I'm a phenomenally lazy person. Yeah. But I still have three shows on this. I don't. Yeah. I just keep saying yes to people. That's why. Well, that's yeah. awesome. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, I keep telling people. Uh, that I run into, not that I run into many people, <laughs> but when I do, uh, and it's kind of obnoxious, and uh, I think it might drive some people away. But I'm always like, "You've got to get your own show, yes, on the radio, because it's much better than a podcast." It is. I yeah. mean, you get you get to sit in this like nice studio. You get you feel like you have a connection with your audience. Uh, it's a whole different it's a whole different experience than Absolutely. than yammering away into your microphone at home. And the thing about a podcast is that uh, people need to seek it out and mm-hmm. find you. Yes. And if they don't do that, they will never find you. And most people, you know, most people have podcasts never get found. It's true. But with a radio show, you get to ambush people in their cars. Exactly. With your voice. Yes. And, you know, whatever it is you want to share with them through the radio. They have no choice. Exactly. They can't, they can't escape it. Because <laughs> right. even if they're not listening to that station, those electromagnetic waves are still blasting through their body. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah, there's bay waves. Yeah. Make, making, making your heads explode. Mm-hmm. Or CJTR waves. Right. Resonating at 91.3... FM. FMs. I know. <laughs> Whatever an FM is. Um, it's... Uh I don't know what's an FM. It's a it's some it's something where you modulate the frequency. First the monsters. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, yes, you can get a show of your own on CJTR. You just have to get a membership. And uh Free Monkey. Free monkeys. There you go. Yeah. Free, free monkeys. monkeys. There you go. Take take a monkey home today. Yeah. Along with your special dinosaur and your CJTR volunteer programmer. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm overpromising, frankly, on this membership drive. I don't know. I think you're promising the right amount. I agree. I agree. Yeah. If some people want to sue us or the station for not getting their monkey, dinosaur, and programmer, you know that's that's a problem for later. Us, exactly. Not now. Us. <laughs> uh, anyways. Anyways. So membership drive crossed off the list. Sorted. Yes. yes. Uh, hey, I wanted to talk about one more thing to do with the uh, thing. The thing we were just talking about. That housing accelerator. Mm-hmm. Zoning change. Yeah. Because something else happened, a council meeting before this, that's related and strange. Do tell. Yeah. So, Councillor Hawkins had a motion oh, yeah. that he passed. And so, he brought it forward last year, and then it got tabled for months. And then it, excuse me, it finally came forward in February. Is this February. free ice cream? No. Oh. It was his Regi- revitalizing Regina's housing supply motion. Now, when this came out, I was very suspicious of it because this is the same dude who was involved with the density for market choice of housing motion. Density for market. Yeah. That sounds terrible. Yeah. It sounds like you came up with an idea for a motion and then you put it into, you know, uh, Google Translate, translated it to Japanese. And then to Sanskrit and back to English, right? Yeah, and and, and the con- came up with. and the content is probably still pretty bad. If yeah, I'm, if I'm guessing, okay, yes, yeah. So the goal there was to look into ways to get rid of our our density targets, which are like I think 50 people per hectare. 
And the goal there was to, like, enable the development community to build large single-family homes or bungalow condo type of developments because councillors Bershani and Hawkins were terrified that if we didn't build more big houses on big lots, we were going to lose people to White City. This was the concern of 2022. I remember this. Yeah. yeah. That was the housing crisis in 2022. Right. Not not enough McMansions with big lawns yeah. uh, for, for people who like McMansions with big lawns. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so then when all of a sudden Hawkins came forward last year uh, with this revitalizing Regina's housing supply, i got to say I was a little suspicious because I was like, how is he trying to backdoor McMansions ah. into our city with this motion? Is backdooring McMansions like being pounded by duplexes? It's <laughs> 100%. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to like raw dog some McMansions into our city. What a terrible thing to to hear with my ears. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so the goal of this motion was to uh, was to get a, the administration to consult with industry and stakeholders and assess the supply of and demand for service greenfield land and any shortfalls to identify infrastructure and other challenges associated with developing infield or greenfield and identify key sites for immediate residential housing development and develop regulatory processes. This is a cool one, actually, Mm. for pre-zoning lands for predetermined forms and types of housing. And then uh, a report on all of this Hmm. for Q4. So, now, I personally really like, especially like that one about having, like, a process so that you can just, like, you know, have, like, pre-approved houses that are, like, instantly zoned. You could, like, go down to the drop off your application to build a house in the morning and start construction in the afternoon. Apparently that's what happens with these pre-approved zoning in other cities is that developers can just, they get the whim to build. (laughs) (laughs) I got the need to be. They're done lunch and they're, they're building. Okay. Yeah. But anyways, so this, this, this motion passed and it looks like surprisingly it's largely benign. And, but I don't want to get conspiratorial or, you know, uh, wreck things. But one thing I have noticed from this motion is that it's asking administration to do a bunch of stuff like assessing the inventory of Greenfield land, which Greenfield land is typically owned by developers, developers and, and landowners, mm-hmm. and to figure out uh, what inf- infrastructure needs to be built or replaced for infill and greenfield development. These are all things that traditionally were being handled by developers, and then the cost of all that work was being put onto the price of housing. Now, what seems to be happening with this motion, and apparently our entire development levy Uh, system is being reassessed under this like federally mandated lens of find ways to make housing cheaper so we may be looking at uh, an infill levy regime and a development levy regime that is much lower than what it used to be Hmm. which is only going to shift the cost of providing services like water and power to lots and roads to lots is going to shift that onto the taxpayer more widely speaking, okay. and all those studies that need to be done before, like putting in an apartment building downtown, that's all going to get shifted more broadly to the taxpayer from the individual developer. This is good if you're looking for ind- for like um, cheaper housing. So I don't want to say it's a bad idea, but 
the old philosophy at City Hall was growth pays for growth. If we're going to build a new neighborhood, especially for sprawl, if we're going to build a new greenfield neighborhood on the edge of town, that kind of development is very costly, very inefficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, if we were to do, like, an actual assessment of it uh, based on, like, sound urbanist practices, we wouldn't build very many right. uh, suburbs because they're just too expensive. And so the idea was to shift that cost onto the homeowner. They should bear the cost of that. People who are living in legacy neighborhoods shouldn't be paying tax dollars to fund bad development. Right. So, yeah, I think I think it's something to keep an eye on, maybe. Just are we... Are we as like, you know, people in like the sub basement of City Hall, are we going to be paying more taxes to fund Coopertown, for instance, or uh, not? I, I don't know. I would definitely not enjoy doing that personally. So. Yeah. But, anyways, that was just a thought. And the people of Coopertown would probably love it. Yeah, they'd probably yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know how much of a cost this is. I don't know how much this is going to be shifting onto the general taxpayer. But it was just, it, it, it did. I did find it noteworthy how the development company, through their avatars at the Regina and Region Home Builders Association, really liked Hawkinson's motion, and they really liked the idea of city administration doing all of this, all of these studies and stuff, and putting together a developable land inventory, and not them. Hmm. So, anyways, but that was so. That's just like a side note. This is you know something else that's coming forward. Uh, because of all this housing accelerator stuff. But there was something else. Oh, we're on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Sweet. We're in the Queen City Improvement Bureau. I love it. And here is another thing that happened to the city council last week. Oh, my heck. It was the North Central Revitalization Motion that came from the mayor. I'm really curious about this. I really want to hear about it. Okay. You know what? I'm just going to jump right to the motion. Okay. Okay. Uh, No, I'm not. Oh, no. I'm going to tell you who came out to, to defend it, to support it. Okay. Okay, so it wasn't just the mayor. I was co-signed by, get this, plot twist, Councillor Andrew Stevens. Oh. Who hasn't exactly been like, I don't know, the mayor's sidekick ever before. <laughs> but here he was co-signing her motion. Okay, this is interesting. I like it. So we had this dude, uh, William Nair from Nair & Associates. He's an urban planner and consultant who apparently is a member of the Congress for the New Urbanism, which is cool. And that, that, is, that is a really cool sounding one. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, no friggin' improvement Congress bureau. He. Yeah. Uh, Congress of New Urbanism. Yeah. yeah. You know who I bet founded that? No. Iron McGarren. <laughs> I bet you he I did. Bet, I, bet, yeah. I bet Iron McGarren, like, probably, like, played an exhibition hockey game just pounded back a bunch of boilermakers, founded the Congress for new urbanism, and then uh, had like a boxing match with the polar bear. And he's, he's the man who's got the grit yeah. to make a Congress for new urbanism. Absolutely. I'm through with the old urbanism, Yep, he said. He, he didn't even have to say it out loud. He just, he just knew. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He doesn't have to he's like... He's about action. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, get out... It's like... Don't try to stand in his way. Just, you know, just clear the way. Here he comes. Yep, for Iron McGarren. Yeah. Yep. Well, he would be happy then. Good. By this whole motion. Because the other person who came out to support it was, uh, there were three Scott Collegiate grads. So that's the school that's attached to the Mamawea Teton Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were Mark Nuevo, 
Jacob uh, Penope- oh, damn it, I practiced this. Uh, Panapikisik. I'm so sorry, Jacob. I really was trying. And also uh, Hope Henderson. So they represented a group called uh, North Central Strong. Mm hmm. And uh, this was, uh, they were being mentored, who was also here, uh, by uh, Dr. Brian Lewis uh, from Growing Young Movers. Uh, he's a, uh, a teacher at Scott Collegiate. He also runs this group on the side. Uh, what North Central Strong does through Growing Young Movers is they mentor kids in uh, how to, like, run programs and how to, like, uh, do stuff in the community. And North Central Strong specifically has been consulting with the mayor, uh, with William Nair, uh, and uh, with other, like, uh, important people in the city about what needs to be done in North Central to make it more awesome, right? Because, you know, everybody acknowledges that there are significant problems in North Central uh, from, you know, many, many low-income people living there, uh, a lot of, like, substandard housing that's Mm -hmm. renting for far too much money. Uh, a lot of like a lot of crime, a lot of drug abuse, a lot of unemployment, uh, a lot of issues in that community, and not a lot of like places where people who live there can work because there's not a lot of business right. in that community. So they've been they've been getting together for months now since about like some point in 2022. Actually, they started meeting uh, with the mayor, and they've been like working out uh, what can we do to make North Central revitalized. So this is very much a. Uh, a community-led and youth-led movement. One of the things that uh, William Nair pointed out is that the people of North Central are primed for something to actually happen, that this Mm -hmm. neighborhood has been studied to death, and the people are just waiting for a program or an initiative that they can get behind. So uh, the kids came out to say that, uh, and um, so that led to the mayor's motion. I initially kind of didn't really pay attention to this, too closely because what it was what it was basically saying is we empower the youth of North Central uh, Revitalization Task Force to continue their initiative, empower them to guide and lead the community, to report back to council, to direct administration, to appoint an initiative lead for North Central. These all sounded very much like the kinds of things that are, you know, very much like pat them on the head. Yeah. You yeah. go off and do your little like youth club. Right. And uh, we'll listen to you once a year. But that's not what happened. Um, There was a whole extra coda added on to this motion at council. And this was inspired by stuff the kids said and by stuff that William Nair said in this report that he put out. And here's what was in it. Uh, Direct administration to advance the following current and future initiatives as part of the North Central Revitalization. First, Utilize a collaborative and facilitated approach to work the, uh, to the work that the city performs in North Central and facilitating uh, departmental planning. Two, hold any properties that the city takes through uh, tax enforcement processes and provide these property addresses to the North Central Task Force to uh, act as uh, um, so that they can like know that they're there and that the city has taken them. Uh, pursue uh, next up. Pursue all opportunities to increase land holdings in the community through a land trust land bank. Hmm. Continue focused demolition of unsafe properties. Work collaboratively with the RPS, RPS to develop uh, focused crime reduction techniques. Create opportunities for philanthropy and private business to invest in youth, public art, sports, and art projects. And work with the South Saskatchewan Community Foundation to establish a community fund. 
and uh, through the dedicated dedicated to raising funds, both legacy and flow through. So I'm having trouble reading this because it's quite far from my old man eyes in this <laughs> dim sub basement. But central to this is this idea of a land bank and a land trust, where land that's taken through tax enforcement is going to be uh, captured in this trust. And this is going to be a community-run trust so that these lands can be utilized for things like housing, for amenities, for um, business opportunities that would be run by the community. Because one of the things that was pointed out both by the kids and by William Nair is that when you have a neighborhood like uh, North Central and the land is typically kind of cheap, it gets gentrified. Developers come in, they buy up lots. Uh, They rent it for years and years as the housing stock deteriorates, collecting rent off of it, and then eventually one day when things are starting to look up and there's a program available from the city, they turn it into frigging condos and drive all of the people who've lived there out and drive up all the rents. The idea of this community trust land bank would be to capture available land that the city has access to and... um, let the community drive how it gets developed and let the community develop it so that it will be affordable. The mayor talked about how one of the things that they really, really, really need is intergenerational housing. Mm. They need like four-story walk-ups that are accessible to people with disabilities or advanced age. Uh, they need um, they need affordable rental and they need uh, rent-to-own opportunities in North Central. So they already had identified five properties that would qualify to, you know, be the kickstart to this community trust. And the goal is that, like, every year to, like, add to this and develop this land bank. This is something that the city has talked about and not done for years and years and years and years. And now it's going to be happening in North Central. And the hope is that um, this will be a community-led project that uh, where the people of North Central can sort of like guide the direction of the community in the future. A lot of talk was uh, devoted to revitalizing Fifth Avenue as a productive uh, retail and commercial and residential corridor, Dudney Avenue as well. And um, it was really 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 exciting like i legitimately got emotional uh listening to these kids talk about this listening to the mayor talk about how excited she was by this and how obvious it became to her that this is work that needed to be done that that north central had been neglected for too long and we already knew what to do because we'd studied it for so long that all that needed to be done is that a project needed to be put forward and this is what this is so i think had it just passed as the motion that was brought forward at first it would have been nice mm-hmm. but this this creation of a land bank and a land trust and um putting some actual like teeth and some action behind this is really exciting because um, this is something that we could see changes happening to North Central in the near term. I asked the mayor if that $35 million from the Housing Accelerator Fund could be used if uh, opportunities emerged from this. She suggested kind of yes and no, that we don't have like the, we're not permitted to just go around and start like buying up properties with this $35 million. That would be kind of unfair. I just put down a deposit though. On, on a giant building downtown. Well, yeah, too bad, man. You remember where the planes used to be? Yeah, yeah. It's I, I've I've got this idea for like a condo tower. Well, you might be on your own. Oh, man. Yeah. 
what, what am I going to tell? What am I going to tell all the people who've just you know given me their money for the for the condos there? Do I do I have to let that sit as a lot for like eleven years? Like what? Caveat emptor on wow. like joining a GoFundMe by uh, Aiden Moore. I, I guess so. Please, please, please help me <laughs> build my slash real estate scheme. <laughs> just please GoFundMe. Please help me build my giant condo tower. Yeah, that's a, yes. Um. Yeah, well, that's the kind of thing that won't be happening with that $35 million. But one of the speakers talked about, uh, at Scott Collegiate, one of the things they really, really need is that intergenerational housing across the street from the school. Mm. Because a lot of students there are on their own. Like, they're high school students who don't, who either have, like, absent parents or are, you know, they've been separated from their parents and they're going to school on their own. They need jobs while they're going to school just to afford to go to school. And they need housing that's close by. <coughs> So what would really help is if they had a housing complex nearby where kids could live and live with, like, seniors who can, like, you know, provide some guidance and mentorship as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's maybe not the kind of thing that we'll see built with this $35 million, but through this whole revitalization initiative, this will give the mayor and council the... Uh, the ability to go off and make other requests of other level, like the provincial and federal government, to fund something like that. Right. So this could be a way that we can leverage that thirty-five million dollars to get even more millions. Wow. So that's good. That's yeah. That's, that's potentially massive. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what comes of this. Yeah. Here's another bonus podcast-only clip from the mayor's press conference after the February fourteenth, twenty twenty-four council meeting. In this, Mayor Masters responds to a question about whether or not the city can use the $35.2 million in housing accelerator fund money on housing opportunities that emerge from the North Central Revitalization Initiative. I don't think we have permission to go and buy things outright, but hey, we could ask. Uh, <laughs> I, I think the idea is is where it helps achieve one of the 11 items that has uh, been identified, we can we can utilize it. And, and in some respects, from a zoning perspective, you heard us talk about Duty Avenue and, and uh, Fifth Avenue. Um, we can utilize some of that funding for rezoning and for faster permitting, for um, uh, creative ways to get uh, housing stock into the market. Uh, so I think, yes, honestly, it's additional asks because that intergenerational uh, elder youth center with that shared main floor space uh, we've been talking about it for a number of months now, and that is that's an advocacy piece on my part to the other levels of government to say, if you're coming out with a rapid housing initiative, I got a project. I have the next project. There was, a, and one of the other needs we identified through our walking tour, uh, I will share, is is some of the vacant land, some of the infill has to be um, five and six bedroom handicap accessible units. We know that that they were very clear in the housing stock. It's beautiful. It's great little lots, small houses, that's not meeting the needs of some of the families that are located there. And so an example of if we have title take back on a demolished property, well, now we have bare land. Okay, now we have bare land to work with. And is that where you go to seek that funding from other levels of government to say, because the market would never build it, you can't, no, the rent's way too damn high on that one. (laughs) And so how do you build those things and, and promise to keep it deeply affordable and frankly partner with Indigenous Housing or Métis Housing Corporations on the ongoing management of those. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like like I say, I'm really, really hopeful. I hope that also in future we can get some of the people who are behind this motion who could come in and talk to us about it. And 
Yeah. And uh, keep it a close eye on this because it, it could be enormous. Yeah. But on that note, I think we have to adjourn. Oh, do we? Uh, well, I, I can I can make a motion to adjourn. Well, I would second that motion. All right, then. In that case, motion passed. You've been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. We are broadcast 7 to 8 p.m. on Thursday evenings and, again, rebroadcast Monday afternoons, 3 to 4 p.m. I, I am Aiden Morgan. My co-host is Paul Deschen. Music by Guidewire. Uh, what else? Coming up next, we got The Record Room from 8 to 9, the Rhythm and Vibes, and the Lunar Lounge, and then I believe we just have some uh, good old DJ Phil. All right, that's all. Keep on improving, Janet.